I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. I am Don LaGreca. First, my apologies for Friday. We didn't get a podcast out because Marco was vomiting and that causes a lot of problems around the house, both cleanliness and viral and getting him to the doctor. So there's a lot happening. So that's the way life is. And I'm sure my next guest, EJ Raddick, can appreciate that, having kids running around the house himself back in the day. Yes, I can appreciate that. And uh, I hope that little Marco is doing better and I hope everybody's okay. No, he's fine. I actually got a COVID test and it was negative. But you freak out whenever anybody gets sick during COVID, right? It's like, wait a minute, we're keep, keep it inside. We're wearing masks. But I guess every virus has its own way of getting in your body. <laughs> so That's right. All right. Well, hopefully, like I said, hopefully everything is good and, you know. Oh, it's all good. Forward. Yeah, a birthday party on Saturday, Easter on Sunday, life. Um, oh, that. All right. Life is good. And really, you know, vomiting is more traumatic for the older people. The younger kids don't care. Gets in the way of their playtime. It just happens. It just happens for them, and it's over. <laughs> it happens to us, and it's like it's, we need to see a therapist. You know, so it's a different, uh, yeah, a different world. Thanks. There's so much. There's so much to get into. Speaking of being sick, I mean, just how how concerning is this? Uh, for the National Hockey League with Vancouver, they have not postponed the game against Calgary on Thursday yet, but I would think that's inevitably going to happen probably sometime today. 16 players, either infected or contact tracing, three coaches, and now we're getting later in the season, EJ, and, and maybe for the first time now we have to start thinking about is it possible to get all these games in? Well, I think it's going to be a question mark certainly in the North, right, because the Vancouver Canucks are in a very difficult situation, and uh, it is uncertain how that is going to play out. I'm like you. I don't imagine they're going to play on Thursday, so uh, we will see what happens from there. But all reports are that, uh, you know, they're dealing with a lot of issues right now. So we'll just have – I mean, it's the NHL has been – like, we go all the way back to last year, Don, right? I mean, everything is fluid. Even though we think we're kind of out of the woods – and we're doing okay. We're doing better, but we're still we still have things to be concerned about for sure. And uh, I think the NHL is is pretty much still taking things one day at a time. And you know, I think that they're still as much as they don't want to uh, think about playoffs in a bubble. I do think it's something that still has to be on the table for them yeah, because be. surrounding uh, around the world that we live in still. Now, we'll see. You know, we still have a couple of months, oh, not a couple of months, but, you know, a month before the playoffs do begin. But you're right, because you can't have this happen in a playoff series, EJ. You just can't. First of all, health and safety is the first and most important thing. But we're kind of just having the toy store conversation about just trying to move on. And you just can't have, you know, a team be compromised where they're shorthanded in a playoff series and also delay a playoff series by a week to 10 days while other playoffs are going on. And, And you just can't. You can't have that happen. It would just compromise things way too much. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it would be very difficult from just a logistical standpoint for the, the teams and the competitive uh, fairness of, of the whole circumstance. And then, of course, there's the, you know, let's face it, there's the business end of it. So, uh, you know, I'm sure they're having some really long, hard conversations as we move forward here about what the plan is going to be. But you're absolutely right. I mean, if you get into the playoffs and somebody, you end up having an outbreak of some sort, I mean, it would really damage the, the playoff circumstance for the league, and they'd have to really be scrambling at that point. So I'm sure that they're looking at a lot of things still, uh, a lot of possibilities, uh, and they're just going to have things on the table, and depending upon how things play out, that's what they'll do. What I think in the North right now, it's possible we may be in a situation where it's points percentage because we can't get all 56 games in because of the Canucks situation, so we'll have to just wait and see. Yeah, crazy. Uh... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Other bit of news. Palmieri, healthy scratch for the Devils yesterday. It's inevitable, I guess, he is going to get dealt. So what are you hearing? Any possibility it could be the Islanders? Yeah, I mean, well, we've heard Islanders. I mean, like, you know, Islanders, Bruins, uh, a number of different teams, Florida, Toronto. I mean, like, Kyle Palmieri is a good player. He's a, you know, he's a right shot guy who can uh, move around your lineup a little bit and score some goals, and he plays with uh, a little bit of an edge. And uh, he comes without a baggage of uh, any extra years on his contract. So, Right now, I'm sure that uh, Tom Fitzgerald has been probably fielding a couple of different calls and trying to pit those respective suitors against one another and get the best deal he can for for Kyle. And in the end, I do hope the best for Kyle Palmieri because he's a you know terrific guy. The times I've dealt with him, really easy guy to deal with and a uh, really good player and has earned his way in this league. And hopefully for the Devils, if they do move him, they'll get something of value for him in terms of prospects or picks. And they can continue rebuilding with the you know around that core of young players that they have. Yeah, so that that's uh, it looks like it, again he was pulled out and he probably will not play again for the Devils. Just a matter of when he'll get a chance to um, get that trade done. Trade deadline is coming up on April twelfth. Okay, you're getting a chance to coach now your kids, and so you got a little coaching yeah. mentality now added to your scouting mentality and your just general <laughs> um, intelligence on the sport. Can you even figure out what's wrong with the Leafs' power play? I, I, There's just too many good players there to go 11 games without a power play goal. What is it, like 0 for 28? Something ridiculous like that? I, I know it, end, it it's very cyclical, but there's just too many good players there for them to be struggling like this. Yeah, they got off to a really good start to the season. and They had some injuries, and you know, I think that what happens is that Nobody is clicking at 40% on the power play over a longer stretch of games, right? So you come back to earth. But, you know, right now, I mean, like, I know that uh, the situation with Matthews with his wrist, I mean, that was a circumstance about how, you know, shooting the puck. So was he in a situation where, you know, all of a sudden he's such a trigger guy and now he wants to shoot the puck a little less because of that hand and wrist issue. So 
I mean, I think they'll figure it out. They have too many good players there, and uh, like I said, they started out the season it was just like just lights out good. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna think that they're gonna figure it out. Yeah, you would think it just it's it's so odd, right? And so far. You know they've been good, and they, they, I think they'll be okay overall. Just it just always baffles me sometimes when you see like this much talent. Even Pittsburgh early in the year, right, was really struggling on the power play with a healthy Malkin, with a healthy Crosby, and and yet they just couldn't get it done. Just kind of crazy. But Toronto's still in first place, you know, significantly so five point cushion over Edmonton. So they've still been able to make it work and still win games. They've won three in a row, so we get a little kooky about the statistic. You know, it's just just, a, just an anomaly with all that those talented players. You know what I would say, Don, too, is that when you're playing the same teams over and over again, they're really getting a good book on what you want to do, and they're making it harder for the leagues to have those first options. So now they're having to try different things, and they haven't been as successful, but you know, the good news for the Leafs is that, again, people adjust to you. You have to adjust back. I think, to your point, they have really a lot of talent on that group. They have really two units of guys that can be successful. So I think they'll figure it out. They'll make the adjustments. And, you know, it might be one of those situations when they get one, they get four. You know, so uh, I'm not going to be too concerned. And as you say, they're in a good place statistically. In the uh, in the standings in the in the north, because I mean I think those those teams that are in are going to be in. The teams that are not in are going to be out. It's just a matter of what order. Then you got the top of the central with Florida, Tampa, and Carolina. And Carolina was red hot not too long ago. Now Florida's turn. They've won six in a row. They technically are in first place, although they played one more game than Tampa. And the Lightning, you know, I watched a little bit of the game yesterday. And again, they're six and four in their last ten. They haven't been awful, but they haven't been dominant by any stretch do they just not really feel the sense of urgency to win this division or or maybe they're not as as dominant as good as we think they are i mean how do you assess this top half of the central division well i mean i think the Tampa bay lightning having one have that swagger of success they are going to get back uh kucherov probably for the playoffs so that will give them another weapon um you know, I think they've been trying to rest Vasilevsky a little bit more lately. Christopher Gibson played yesterday. Last time he played in the league was like three years ago with the Islanders. And, uh, you know, Detroit came out and, and had a good performance. Thomas Grice made some good saves in the second period, and the Red Wings were able to beat them. Uh, I, I think it's more critical probably for Carolina or Florida to win the division um, because that first-round matchup, you know, we get into these situations where you have three good teams. We're going to see this in a couple of different spots. The benefit for finishing first is that seemingly you will have an easier path. That doesn't always work out that way, but seemingly you would. And, you know, for the Florida Panthers, for example, wouldn't it be wonderful for them to finish first and then watch the Carolina Hurricanes and Tampa Bay Lightning beat the daylights out of each other in a first-round series? Right. Tampa and Carolina are two of the top four or five teams in hockey, and so they could end up playing the first round. So that's the that's the tricky part for the Lightning right now is that when you have that swagger of success, they know what it takes. Like in the room, yeah, they want to finish first. They want to win every game. But there might be more driving the Carolina Hurricanes or Florida Panthers right now because it would be they would know that they would avoid the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round and they could take their chances against whoever ends up in that 
fourth spot, whether it be Dallas or Nashville or Chicago or Columbus. So I'm really impressed with Florida right now. I know the schedule hasn't been, uh, you know, the, the high-end teams. But you know what? you got to beat everybody. They've won six in a row. They just had a, a catastrophic injury on defense with Aaron Eckblad going out. They've been playing 7-D over the last four games. Gustav Forsling is uh, a young guy that Joel Quenville trusts and had him as a younger player in Chicago and has given him some more opportunity now. And, uh, you know, the Panthers were without Barkoff and, and Hornquist during this stretch, and they kept winning. So you got to give them a lot of credit. If they can finish first, boy, that would be a real yeah. benefit as you move forward because that would then mean that Tampa and Carolina are going to have a first-round matchup, which would probably be a, I mean, it'd be a barn burner for sure. Now, an interesting race out west. Right now, Arizona's got the last playoff spot. St. Louis is three points back with a game in hand. And give credit to the Sharks. They've won four in a row. They're right there. They've got a game in hand. Also, just three points back. So, of those three teams, am I crazy to think that it might be the St. Louis Blues in trouble? Only two wins in their last ten. They really seem to be missing Petrangelo. What exactly is wrong in St. Louis? And are you concerned they might miss the playoffs altogether? Uh, yes. Um, they're missing Petrangelo, obviously, who's left as a free agent, but they're also missing Colton Pareko big time. He's been out for a while now. And you think about in this season where Petrangelo is gone and then Petreco, uh, Pareko is out of the lineup, I mean, those are two really hard to play against big, strong, long, right shot defensemen out of your lineup. I mean,. That's a lot of that's a lot of beef on the right side of your defense that's gone. So they, you know, they're missing Pareko a lot. They've had a number of injuries this year, Don. Jordan Binnington has been struggling a little bit so much so that Billy Huso is going to start tonight, and Binnington is working with the goalie coach. So, you know, he might get a, a game or two off, a la Carter Hart and uh, Carey Price. And so that and you know to, to add on to that, Donnie, their schedule take a gander. Oh. I mean, Vegas, Minnesota, Colorado. I mean, they've been playing three teams over and over again over the next several weeks. So their schedule is a killer. It's probably the hardest schedule of the teams remaining in that division, maybe in the entire league. And then you have those other teams below. I mean, give Arizona a lot of credit. They're without Darcy Kemper or finding ways to win games. And Jacob Chipper, oh, by the way, is becoming a horse. I mean, he is becoming one of the top defensemen in this league and somebody that's certainly, I think, going to be in play for Team Canada when they're looking at uh, defensemen for their group. He was just terrific last night, had a hat-trick, overtime game winner. Uh, His first goal of the game, go take a peek at that, just charged up the ice and just ripped it past the goaltender, uh, you know, past John Gibson. So they're hanging in there. And then, you know, San Jose just... They beat L.A. seven days a week and twice on Sunday or whatever you want to call it. They've had a lot of success against L.A. and they've pushed back up into the race. And I figured they might at some point. Let's see if they can if they can keep it going and they can beat some of these other teams. That so their schedule is relatively easier as well. So that's going to be a yeah. that's going to be a tricky race down the stretch. But St. Louis is definitely in trouble, oh Donnie, because that schedule is hard. And they've got they've got a lot of issues there within the group in terms of uh, injuries and guys who are playing with various aches and pains. Well, think about this, all right? They, they they're sitting there in fifth place in the division, okay? So they've got four teams ahead of them, three teams behind them. 
Of the 19 games left the Blues have, EJ, only three of them are against teams that are behind them in the standings. One against the Kings, two against the Ducks. They've got one game left with Arizona, so they don't even control their destiny against them. Otherwise, it's all loaded up with Minnesota, Vegas, and Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, they could miss. I mean, this could be, Don, this could be a reverse of the year they won the Cup, where they started out poorly and then finished strong and ended up in the playoffs and won the Cup. Maybe this year they started out pretty good and then they fade and injuries and different things, and maybe they missed the playoffs. So, hard to say. But they do have, Don, in my view, they do have a little – they have a they have a significant excuse, I'll even say, because it's one thing to transition out of Petrangelo, but it's another thing to be missing both Petrangelo and Pareko because those guys were the key pieces of the puzzle for them winning a Stanley Cup a couple of years ago because you just couldn't do any business on the right side against the St. Louis Blues. And I know you don't like to make any of these bold predictions and all we have to do is look at Vancouver to see how COVID can still affect things, but it's going to be really hard for it not to be Washington, New York, Pittsburgh, and Boston atop the East. I mean, Philadelphia isn't right right now. Only three wins in their last 10. Plus, they played two more games than Boston. The fact that Boston, who I think is the most susceptible to getting picked off here down the stretch, have games in hand on everybody. So I, I just don't think the Rangers or the Flyers can do it. Now, obviously, Pittsburgh, God forbid, or, or the Islanders can have issues. Uh, all that aside, I just don't – I think it's going to be those four. I do. I thought that was a big win for Boston on Saturday, coming from behind, beating Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's been playing great. Islanders are going to get better. Washington's ter- – I, I just don't see any of those four falling out. Am I crazy? No, I think you're, I'm pretty much in tune with you. I mean, I guess we'll see how the Bruins continue to play. I mean, the Flyers and Bruins play tonight, so if the Flyers can get a win there, obviously that pushes them a little closer. Now, as you say, Boston has games in hand. Uh, you know, as for the Rangers, they were making a nice push, but, you know, it sounds silly, but, I mean, just the losing that one point against Buffalo the other night, you know, that's a tough point to lose right now. I mean, if the Rangers are going to get there... You know, it doesn't matter that the game goes to overtime because you don't care if Buffalo gets a point, but you want to get the extra one. Yeah. And the fact that they weren't able to do that is just, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. And, you know, we've said this before, Don. It's always not always who you play, it's when you play them. And, like, the Buffalo Sabres, if you were to play them two weeks ago when Linus Olmark was still on the injured list, you're sitting in a pretty good spot. You play him now with him back in the lineup. I mean, he's a you know he's a very good goaltender. I mean, despite their problems, I believe his record is over five hundred and yeah. his save percentage is about nine fifteen or higher. They've so, won like, eight. He's gonna... <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. They've won eight games. He's won seven of them. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be interesting because he is a free agent and he's a good goalie. But the problem with Linus Olmark is he's been susceptible to injury throughout his career, I'll be very curious to see what happens. I think if you're the Buffalo Sabres, you have to figure out a way to keep them just because you have no one else. And it's not like you're going to be attracting, you know, the, the top free agents out there right. in Buffalo at this point. So it's going to be tricky. You may have to overpay to keep them and then hope that he can stay healthy because without them, boy, they got big problems. Well, EJ, I know you got to run. It's been a busy weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. All right, Don. Thanks for 
right, you got it, Donnie. Have a great week and happy birthday to the kids. And hopefully Marco is he sounds like he's doing better, so that's good. All right, take care, buddy. That's the great EJ Raddick, always fun to talk to him. A lot of stuff on the table to discuss. In closing, I want to just say it was an honor to call Vitaly Kraftsaw's first National Hockey League game the other day. That was great. Uh, he didn't score, almost had a goal as he was falling down, but it was a diving play by Olmark. And and it's so so um, spot on by EJ. You know, all of a sudden, Buffalo, they, they've got points in four consecutive games after having an 18-game losing streak. So Olmark, who's actually got a winning record, and let's face it, Buffalo wouldn't be making the playoffs, but if Olmark were healthy, they wouldn't be the worst team in the NHL. It'll probably be Detroit, probably be Ottawa. Buffalo would be better. And not to make excuses for the Rangers, but you just caught the Sabres at the wrong time, having to win um, you know, all these one-goal games, and then finally uh, succumbing and losing in, in the um, – in, in uh, the shootout, and they had the win in overtime on Thursday in Buffalo. So the Rangers had a lot of heavy lifting just to get the three points they got against Buffalo. But now you got Kraps off in the mix. You've got Lafayette. You've got Kako. You're trying to grow all these young players. It's really difficult to do both. the The object every time you drop the puck is to win the game. But you know, right now the Rangers just seem to be in that groove. Play well. Think about you know getting these kids ready, and then let the chips fall where they may. But uh, I just don't see how you're going to be able to make up this ground. Right? And you look at it and you say, oh it's only five points uh excuse me only four points but boston with the three games in hand makes it difficult they've got two games left with boston but it's at the end of the year so they might be clinched by then philadelphia is struggling just three wins in their last 10 so they almost have to beat boston tonight just to be able to keep it alive i think those four are what we're looking at so let's take a look at the uh games that'll be played tonight in the national hockey league with a busy uh monday and, uh, again, important games as well. Montreal and Edmonton, as Edmonton gets to back to work, having had those games postponed against Vancouver. Montreal coming up a four, two loss to Ottawa. Ottawa's going to take on the Winnipeg Jets. They haven't played in a while because they had to play Vancouver. The big game between Boston and Philly, almost a must-win for Philadelphia. We were just talking about the Blues and the Golden Knights. As St. Louis really struggling, and in all these games against good teams, Blues can be in a lot of trouble. Colorado and, and Minnesota, too, very good matchup at 8 o'clock. And then Leafs right back at it against the Flames, despite not being able to score on the power play. Leafs won uh, last night, uh, coming back from a deficit to win 4-2. So even though they're not scoring on the power play, they're still finding a way to win games in Arizona and Los Angeles. If the Coyotes want to hold on to that final playoff spot, you got to beat the teams that are behind you in the standings, and the uh, Rocky, uh, the um, Arizona Coyotes will try to do that tonight. All right, we'll get back to your tweets. Top five coming up on Friday as well. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on Friday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.